Hey, church family, God is good. We brought the Buses back in town. Amen. So glad to have them both. So listen, gentlemen, one more time. This Friday is our men's advance. It's going to be at 6 p.m. this Friday, dinner, dessert, worship, games, and two sessions with Reverend Bob Buse. You need to sign up today. We need to get all the food ordered for that. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, this guy doesn't need a big introduction. Their heart and their passion for the world is beyond words. Amen. When we hear some of their trips that they do, we kind of shake our heads, but it's the love and the passion that the Lord has put within their hearts. So you guys know Bob. Go ahead and give him a hand as he shares the word of God. Well, good morning, family. It's great to be back in town. Hallelujah. You know, we usually catch, or I usually catch the services from Florida. And I uh, just want to say it's so much different, especially to those who are watching on Facebook. It's so much different being here in real life with real people, right? Being able to hug your neck and to, to touch you and talk to you personally. So that's an encouragement to all of our friends that are catching online. And I know some people are very far removed, uh, and like me in Florida, but uh, we're all we're glad to have everybody that's connected. Amen? Well, I got nothing but good news for you today. <laughs> nothing but good news. You know, I, I, Brandy was bragging about you guys uh, a little bit about what you're doing locally. And so I did a little research on what you guys are doing internationally. And I want to just brag on you a little bit. Is that all right? I'm bragging on you. I'm bragging on Jesus. Yeah. But... Uh, Paul said of the Thessalonican church, he said, everywhere I go, I brag about you. He said, because you guys are an example. From you sounded out the word of the Lord in Macedonia and Achaia, and in every place, your faith towards God is spread abroad. And so I did a little research here, and just in the last couple of years, with one partnership that you guys have with Ames Ministry, which is out of Colorado Springs, and they have ministry all over the world. But through this one ministry, you have reached 42 unreached people groups around the world. 42 unreached people groups that have never received the gospel, that have no native churches, and you've sent people to those. You've planted CFFC Church right here in Sussex. This little church here has planted 700 churches just in the last year in these places. There's over 36,000 people that have heard the gospel for the first time. Uh, 11,775 salvations and baptisms. There was uh, 3582 baptisms. Wow, it's amazing. And that's only one of your partnerships. You guys have partnerships with uh, the Samaritan's Purse that you know about, Pastor talks about, with the Surge Ministry, which is a church planning ministry. You planted over 21 churches with Surge. Uh, we have uh, Rama. Middle East, North Africa that you partner with, Ukraine Relief, you've given so much to Ukraine, Mordecai Project. I could go on and on. I could literally speak all morning and afternoon about the impact that your church is having worldwide. And that's the reason that the devil hates you. The devil doesn't like you because of this. But we don't care. He's under our feet. He's got nothing to say about it. All he could do is poke at us a little bit, but we have authority over him. Amen? And so in case you needed a, an interpretation of some of the tests and trials that are coming, this is why they're coming. Because you are obeying the gospel of Jesus and bringing this gospel worldwide. Amen? I think that they've been showing some slides in the background of the different uh, holistic projects you guys have impacted. Uh, let's see. There is... Um, Where's my notes on projects? I don't know. There we go. You have 12 holistic projects. Uh, these are projects that you've invested in that are generating money to send workers to these unreached people groups. Uh, you have uh, 35 native workers that have been sent out to these unreached people groups. 
28 different unreached people groups in seven nations. Like I say, I could just go on and on giving you this good news, but it is really good news, and I want to just thank God for you all. You're making a difference. You're sending people to Zimbabwe here in just a few weeks. This has always been a going church, right? You've always been a going church. And I want to let you know that we are organizing a team to Cuba in January, the last uh, few days of January into February, and then another team to Turkey in March. And so if you'd like to maybe hook on to one of those teams and join us, I'm going to be around all day at the picnic. Just come and, and tug on my shirt, and uh, I'll tell you all about it. Is that all right? Anybody ready to go? Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I want to share the word of God with you, the good word of God, something I've been meditating on for quite some time. You know, I've, I've had an interesting summer in Florida here, watching after grandkids and stuff like that. I haven't actually preached in a while, so I've had a lot of time to, I'm, 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 I'm really raising the bar right now quite high. I've had a lot of time to prepare this word, and so it better be a good word, right? Well, I believe it is a, a timely word. It's a good word. And so let's go over to the book of Revelations, chapter 11. And then we're going to go over to Matthew's gospel, chapter 10, and read a verse there. Now, Father, we look to you and are dependent on you for everything. Your word is always anointed. It's always alive. Your words are spirit, and they are always true. And Lord, I'm asking you to stir us up today, Father, and inspire us and give us hope for our future in your kingdom today. Father, let not one person leave this place this morning that's untouched with the power of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And guys, I think I'm going to switch microphones because I'm getting a real bad echo on this, so that's okay. Hello? Yeah, great. Okay, to Revelations chapter 11. Are you there? Then the seventh angel, verse 15, then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. And that day is coming. Won't it be glorious? In Matthew chapter 10, verse 7, Jesus told those disciples those lowly disciples, those ignorant, unlearned fishermen and the rest of them. He said, and as you go, preach, preach, saying, he gives them their message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely have you, you have received, freely give. Praise God. Now we have here in these two verses what is called a theological tension okay that simply is a paradox between the already and the not yet that which is realized and that which is expected okay now this is something that happens quite frequently in the kingdom of God in Christianity right now you're sitting in this seat in Sussex County at CFFC but the Bible says you're also seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now how does that work? I don't know how that works but that is a cold hard truth of the scripture right? And so this is one of those things where there's aspects of the kingdom that are a present reality but reach full manifestation when Christ returns. Believers are actively taking place, taking part in the kingdom of God now, although the kingdom will not reach its full expression until sometime in the future. And so you, so you have the full realization of the kingdom of God that's coming, but Jesus told his disciples, go and preach that the kingdom of God is now. 
It is arrived. It is present. And so it's up for you and me to negotiate that daily, uh, that expectation for what is to come, but also recognize that we are living in the kingdom of God today. And this morning, I want to lean a little bit on the front end of that tension, and that is the kingdom of God is now. The kingdom of God is now. Now, I want to make this very clear. And say that we will not establish Christ's kingdom on earth as we are today. We will not establish it. The literal physical kingdom of Christ will be established when he returns to earth with us and sets it up. When he will judge all unrighteousness and establish his reign and rule in the earth for a thousand years with us. And so what I'm not saying today, and I want to make it very clear, is that we are going to establish that kingdom before Christ. And when we get it all worked out, and when, when we put all of the enemy under our feet and get rid of all the evil, then come on back, Jesus, we got it all ready for you. That's not the way that it works. But we do have kingdom authority and we do have kingdom responsibility as long as we are here in the earth today. Are you with me? And so we all know you'd have to be living in a hole somewhere to not know that there's a shaking going on amongst the nations. The Bible tells us this. There's a shaking and there's a shaping of these many nations into what we have heard to be the one world government, right? The, the great reset, the new world order, globalism, call it what you may, that is what is going on today. And I want to interject that the devil has nothing but counterfeits. He is creating this global order and this one world government, but it's nothing but a counterfeit for what Jesus is going to set up in the earth. And so all of this stuff, the kingdoms of the world, you read about it, you hear about it in the news, are being shaken, kings and rulers and all, and, and the, all, all of these kingdoms, all the empires that have ever been, are all temporal. They're all transient. But I love this scripture from Daniel. It says in chapter 2, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed and it will endure forever. Are we waiting for that or can we begin living in it today? Are you with me? Glory to God. So I want to talk about four things that Jesus talked about concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus did a lot of talking about the kingdom of God, right? A whole lot of talking. It was the primary focus of his ministry. And the first scripture we're using is Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, Jesus wouldn't have told us to seek something that we couldn't find. He wouldn't have told us to seek something that he was hiding from us or that wasn't real. And so he tells us to seek first the kingdom of God. Now, let me make a, a very important statement here, and I hope it sinks in. We have more than heaven to be looking forward to. We have more than heaven. We are being prepared for the work of reigning with him in his kingdom today. We are being prepared. We are, if I can use that word, groomed, which the devil has stolen. But we are being groomed by the Spirit of God to rule and reign with Jesus in his kingdom. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. And so we have more than heaven to look forward to. The kingdom is not something that we just wait for like the rapture. We're waiting for the rapture. But the kingdom is not just something that we wait for uh, or escape to like heaven. The kingdom is now. Let me say that again. I know you, we talk about the rapture. We live for the rapture. But have you ever heard the idiom in the English language, playing the long game? Right? Playing the long game. What does that mean? That means that you are are not just looking at what's in front of you, the next hole in the golf course. You're playing the whole field. You're looking towards the last hole, right? And so, you know, the short game, you might say, is the rapture. 
We're going into rapture. Glory be to God. But we are coming back with him to rule and to reign in his kingdom for a thousand years and beyond. And guess what? There's going to be work to do in that kingdom. You know, I go back to Florida and I live, you've heard me tell you this, but to live in this little retirement community and everybody's retired, nobody works. They just wake up, walk their dog and, and that's pretty much it. Right, And so sometimes, you know, you get in your head, well, wouldn't that be nice? You know, when I just get to heaven, I'll just get to retire. And no, we're coming back. We are going to come back and rule and reign with him. And I can't tell you exactly what that looks like, okay? But I know that he's going to lead it, and it's going to be grand and wonderful, and we're not going to just be sitting on our lanai, you know, looking out over the hills. You know, we're going to be doing work in the kingdom. I don't know about you, but I want to do work in his kingdom without all of the opposition and all the craziness, right? And so Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. In heaven right now, the will of God is being done perfectly. There's nothing but the perfect will of God in heaven. And when Jesus told his disciples to pray, he said, pray that the kingdom would come. And what does that mean? It means that the will of God is being done in the earth as it is in heaven. Wherever we see the will of God being done in the earth, that's the kingdom right there. Don't we pray that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will? Don't we pray that we'd be walking in the will of God? What we're praying is that we would experience that kind of kingdom living now in this life. People in the Bible, when they came in contact with Jesus, they came in contact with the kingdom of God. And we cannot seek the kingdom of God first without giving our full allegiance to the king first. Because he comes with the kingdom. There is no kingdom without the king. And right now, right now, right now, he has all authority and all power in heaven and in earth right now. Hallelujah. And so we, if he says seek the kingdom, we can't do that without seeking him, which puts our whole decision to follow Jesus in a different context. And what I mean by that is that I just don't follow Jesus because he saved me from my sins and rescued me from the consequences of a horrible life. I follow Jesus because he is the king of the kingdom. And one day I will bow down and I will cast my crowns before him as one of the kings that are under him as the king of kings. Are you with me? And so you can't seek the kingdom without seeking the king first. And in this scripture that we read here, Jesus is contrasting the Gentiles, the, the, the people of this world who are seeking after food and, and clothing and what they're going to eat and, and all of these things, all these things that Gentiles seek after. This is what's valuable. This is what's important to them. But seek ye first the kingdom because the kingdom has a whole different set of values, a whole different set of principles. And so if we're going to seek the kingdom first, it means that we are pursuing that counterculture, which is the kingdom of God in earth. Anybody ever travel down to Lancaster, Pennsylvania? See the Amish riding around in their horses and buggies and all? You see them working in their fields? What is that? That's a whole different culture. We hardly know anything about it. I'm, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or whatever. I'm just saying it's far different. Well, in very much the same way, you and I are living in the kingdom culture today. And we are adopting those kingdom values and those principles and those laws and those rituals. One of those rituals is coming together, you know, to, and not forsaking the assembling of the saints. That's a kingdom ritual. That's why we can't abandon it. That's why we do it more as we see the day approaching. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so seeking first the kingdom of God means to love the king, 
to immerse in the kingdom culture and to pursue the will of God in everything. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does that mean? It means to love the king, to immerse yourself in his culture. The culture of this world is pressing against us every day. But there is a kingdom culture, and it's a greater culture. And the culture of the kingdom will go on forever and ever. It won't switch like cultural things switch so much in this world. You know, our culture is a lot different these days than when I grew up. It's a whole lot different. But the kingdom of culture never changes. Hallelujah. And that's why we're to pursue that and to seek that and the will of God and everything. Next thing Jesus said about kingdom, kingdom understanding. To you it has been given. I'm reading from Mark. To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is walking with these 12, you know, and the Bible says that, that they had, Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom. It, you know, I, I would have loved to have been a part of that seminar when Jesus rose from the dead, and it says for 40 days, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And I wondered, what did he say? What did he say all that time? For 40 full days, Right. And so what is he talking to them? He's explaining things that they couldn't grasp with their natural mind. For example, when Jesus talked about the kingdom, these guys had one thing in mind, a nationalistic kingdom of Israel that was going to be restored. And it says in the scripture, it says, they suppose, these 12, they suppose that Jesus was going to restore the kingdom right then. And it says that they were even going to come and make him their king by force. And Jesus had to escape because they had this idea of kingdom and it wasn't Jesus' idea of the kingdom. And so one of the things that we are blessed with through the Holy Spirit is an understanding of the kingdom and how it works. Are you with me? Understanding, see, the, even those guys live with that tension between the already and the not yet. They were expecting the, oh, the not yet to come right then. They were going to just make Jesus a king. But Jesus is saying, no, no, the kingdom is here because you're with me, okay? And I'm even sending you out, but this not yet is, is, is coming and is coming at a, a different time. So Jesus talked about the kingdom as, as a seed that's sown, uh, uh, that's a seed that grows up into a great tree, right? And the birds of the air. He talked about the kingdom as a mustard seed. He talked about it as, as leaven. He talked about it as wheat and tares, as a dragnet, as a hidden treasure, as costly pearls. You could read it in the scripture. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like... And he talked to these guys in parables, and most of the people didn't understand it. But Jesus tells them, it's given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. God wants us to know. And I dare say that there's a lot of good people, Christian people, who don't understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Because they don't participate in the culture of the kingdom. Are you with me? Yes. Let me come back here to talk about uh, just some of the kingdom culture here. Where is that? Kingdom culture where gain is, loss is gain. Giving is gain, right? Where the, the least is the greatest, these are things that are in the kingdom culture that, that we understand by the spirit of God. And so Jesus introduces us to the kingdom culture. The kingdom is not synonymous with the church. There's a lot of similarities. The church resembles the kingdom. But in scope, the kingdom of God is much greater. The kingdom of God was present. The kingdom of God was, was active in the earth before the church was ever born. 
right? The kingdom of God includes people from the Old Testament like David and Moses and that, that they'll all participate in the kingdom of God. And many times they were participating in the kingdom of God. The seasons were short. They didn't last very long, but they participated in the kingdom of God because God, they embraced him as their ruler, Okay, and when they did, they were blessed. And when they did, their enemies fell before them. And when they allowed God to be their king and their ruler, even in the Old Testament, they were blessed. Right? And so the church didn't come along until after Jesus raised from the dead. So there's a difference between the kingdom and the church. The church is more about God's people. The kingdom is about God's rule, the entire realm that he reigns over. The church is about our relationship with Christ and one another. The kingdom is about the authority of God and his right to rule and reign in the earth. The kingdom emphasizes the king and his rule. The church emphasizes the people who are under that rule. And so the the church is encompassed by the kingdom. It's a sign of the kingdom. It's an instrument of the kingdom. It will inherit the kingdom. But the kingdom is a wider scope. The kingdom is something that, that the Bible says God is redeeming all things to himself. Even creation as God created it in the beginning, is going to go through this redemption. The creation that's groaning out, the Bible says, even now for the manifestations of the sons of God, even the creation of God is going to be completely redeemed. That's talking about the kingdom. That's talking about the kingdom. Hallelujah. I get excited when I think about the kingdom. You know, I get excited about the rapture. I do. I get excited about heaven. But we're coming back. We are coming back. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says, then comes the end when Jesus hands over the kingdom to God and the Father, when he has abolished all rule and authority and power. And so what the kingdom is about is God restoring the original authority and dominion to man that he had from the beginning. Now you've heard messages in this church that we can and we should exercise that authority today in our life. It's not just the authority of the believer, it's the authority of the kingdom. It's the authority of the king that's been delegated to us. And we have the privilege and the honor to exercise, exercise that authority in the earth today. Amen? And so the kingdom emphasizes Jesus' place in greater society and in all realms of the culture. And so when we just talk about the church, the church can be very uh, isolated and exclusive. You know, come to church and you'll experience the kingdom of God. Come to church and you'll experience the kingdom of God. Well, people are supposed to experience the kingdom outside of the church. Yeah. That's what Jesus was saying to him. Wherever you go, say, the kingdom of God has just arrived. How do I know that? Because I have come in the name of a king as an ambassador of the king, and that's why I can tell you that the kingdom of God has come. I told you I was going to bring good news today, folks. These are not the days of defeat in the body of Christ because they are not days of defeat in the kingdom of God. God's kingdom has never been defeated. There are certain things that are going to happen. They're going to run our course. The kingdoms of this world are going to continue to be shaken. But the kingdom that we are a part of will never be shaken. I refuse to be shaken in these days. I refuse to be afraid of the things that are coming upon the earth. Because there's this bubble that I live in. And it's called the kingdom of God. And if I understand my rights and my privileges in the kingdom of God then I'm okay. Amen. That brings me to the next thing Jesus said. Kingdom identity. For indeed, the kingdom of God is, if, is within you or in your midst. They came up to Jesus and said, Lord, are you going to establish your kingdom right now in the earth? And he says, 
The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation. The kingdom of God is already within you. And so we need to lean on this kingdom identity. We're not just Christians. We're not just churchgoers. We are kingdom people. And the Bible says that you can't come into his kingdom unless you are born again. And you become a son and a daughter in the kingdom of God. But the same moment that you are born again, the Bible says that you are translated. This is a very real reality. The moment that you accept Jesus, you are translated from one kingdom into another kingdom. And you become a citizen of that kingdom that you've been translated into. Listen, we are not just people, rescued aliens that are granted asylum in the church until the rapture comes. We are being initiated when we are born again into the kingdom of God. I know a good friend of ours who was our secretary for years. She's from El Salvador, and we went to her citizenship uh, uh, right, and where she was sworn in as a citizen, and all the things that she had to do. But when she raised her hand and she swore that oath to the Constitution of the United States, she became a citizen of this kingdom with all the rights and all the privileges. We're not just some illegal aliens roaming around here. Okay, you know, beggars, you know, looking for scraps of food. No, we are citizens in the kingdom. This is the terminology that the Bible uses. The Bible talks about being heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. I am an heir of the kingdom that has been promised to me. You know, there's a lot going on about the royal family these days, the queen just dying and all that. And you could see all of this stuff that the royal family inherited. I mean, riches that are just un, 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 unimaginable riches and privileges and all of this. Listen, that's nothing compared to what we've inherited. And I'm not just talking about riches and tangible stuff. I'm talking about righteousness, peace, and joy, Jesus the, says it. Says in who said it in <laughs> Romans? Paul said it in Romans that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the next kingdom to come. No, he says right now, I enjoy righteousness now, peace now, joy now. Amen. Why? Because I'm a citizen. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The Bible says, I am a priest and a king. When? Now. Now. And I'm going to reign with him as a king. Charles has got nothing over us. <laughs> nothing over us. Because I have my big brother, who's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, right? The Bible calls us ambassadors. Our life as an ambassador shows the world what it looks like to live under the rule of Jesus. I want to say that again. Our life as an ambassador, as a citizen, shows the world what it looks like to live under the kingdom of God, under the kingdom of Jesus. That should be our testimony every day of our life. That today my life is going to show the world what it looks like. I don't have to wait for this. I show the world now what it looks like to live under the rule of Jesus Christ. With righteousness and peace and joy and healing and deliverance and prosperity and everything else that goes with it. Folks, we need to contend for this. It's ours it belongs to us. It's a kingdom right. It's a kingdom privilege. But there is an enemy, as long as Jesus hasn't come back in the flesh to set up his kingdom, there is an adversary that is going to oppose us every step of the way. Where I'm going with this today is I want us to think kingdom-minded. Not just Christian-minded. That can be very personal, not just church-minded. That can be very parochial, but kingdom-minded. 
kingdom-minded today because the kingdom is now. Hallelujah. Last one here, kingdom demonstration. I like this. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11, verse 20, he said, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If I cast out demons, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God. In other words, these manifestations of deliverance, people being set free from devils, everything that Jesus did was an encounter with the kingdom of God. When he healed the sick, when he stood up in the boats and he calmed the storms, he didn't just do that because he was uh, the son of God. He did that as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost who understood that he was living under the rule and the reign of God. And so he stood up in a boat and he said, peace be still. That is kingdom authority. If need be, if you and I had ever been in a circumstance like that, you and I, because we are kingdom people, could do the exact same thing that he did. We can multiply the loaves and the fishes just like he did. We could raise the dead just like he did. That's exactly what he told them to do. When you go out there, tell them the kingdom of God has come. If you're dead, be raised. If you're demonized, be delivered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We haven't even scratched the surface, folks. We haven't even scratched the surface. Miracle, healing, deliverances are meant to demonstrate the kingdom of God. The, what is life is like in the kingdom. The apostle Paul said, the kingdom of God is not in word. The kingdom is in power. The kingdom is in power. That verse that we read at the beginning in, uh, in Matthew's Gospel 10, he says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Here's a couple of other translations of that verse. Say to them, and he's giving them the message to preach. It's the message that John the Baptist preached. It's the message that Jesus preached. And now he's giving his disciples and he says, you preach this same message. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven has come near. One translation says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is now available. The kingdom of God has arrived. It has come upon you. And I like this one from the Message Bible. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Tell them that the kingdom of God is here. Folks, we don't talk enough about the kingdom of God. Even when we preach to people, we talked about the four spiritual laws and, and tell them how much Jesus loves them, and that's all good. And Jesus will rescue them from their sins and forgave them, and that's all good. But suppose we tell people, that there is a kingdom coming at that now is that Jesus is the ruler over and that he wants you to be a part of his kingdom today. And in his kingdom, there's the perfect will of God. It's like heaven on earth in his kingdom. And you can have that now by simply saying yes to him. That should be our message Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is a manifestation of God's will, his desire for mankind. This is why Jesus told his disciples to heal the sick, cast out devils, as they declared the kingdom is come. But the kingdom of God is much more than healing and deliverance. It is prosperity in the truest sense of the word, wholeness, completeness, righteousness, peace, and joy, perfect love, it's the whole package, and we can experience the first fruits of the kingdom in the day that we're living in. We can experience, you know that term, first fruits? Yeah. It comes back to what I said at the beginning. There's this divine tension that we live in. We know that Jesus is going to set up his kingdom on earth, a thousand-year reign, 
But Jesus says, I want you to do something now with this kingdom. I want you to participate in it now. I want you to be an ambassador for my kingdom now. I give you all the authority that you need, not only for your life, but to also set the lives of other people free. Hallelujah. We need to hear this because we see a lot of stuff going on and we scratch our head and we wonder why. We wonder why. What is the answer? The answer is to just come back to the word. Come back to the word. There's nothing I told you this morning that I didn't substantiate in the word of God. There is a kingdom of God and it is today and it will be much, much more in the coming days. But it is today. And there's victory in the kingdom of God if we will contend for it. We are going to have to fight for it. But we are assured of the victory in Jesus' name because he's the one has all authority and all power. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to do something this morning before we close. I turn this back over to Pastor. But I want everybody to just stand on their feet again. I know that we prayed for people earlier in the service, but I think and I hope that you have a little bit of a different context now than we prayed earlier. Listen, faith is faith, right? It works anytime, any place. But I want to pray again, especially for those who are afflicted in their bodies or maybe even tormented in their mind or in their soul or whatever. There's certain things that we don't have to wait for in the kingdom. We have to persevere, right? But there's kingdom power available now. And I declare to you this morning that when I've come into this place and when you came into this place, the kingdom of God came with you. Amen. It's like you entered right into the throne of heaven where it's just the will of God, the perfect will of God. Amen. And I know there's a lot of people here this morning who aren't experiencing, you know, the perfect will of God in some of these areas. Well, maybe you just needed a little bit of faith in the kingdom reality. Maybe you just needed a little bit of faith in the kingdom authority. Maybe you needed a little bit of faith. The Bible says that we shall rule that through righteousness and by the grace of God, we shall reign in this life. Through Christ Jesus, reign in this life. Reign over what? Reign over all this crud that the devil would try to bring against us, right? And so, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the ultimate authority. He is the one that is the perfect representation of your kingdom. And, Father, we have come into this place as the church of Jesus Christ. But we're more than the church. We are kingdom people, Father, who are citizens of your kingdom, who are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are priests and we are kings unto you, Lord. And Father, in the name of Jesus and by the authority of his kingdom, by the authority of your kingdom, Father, and by the authority of your will, we declare people well in their bodies in Jesus' name. That afflictions that have been chronic, that have, that have, that have persisted in their life, will cease and desist right now in the name of Jesus and by the authority of his kingdom. People who have been tormented in their emotions, in their soul, people who have been discouraged and de depressed in the name of Jesus. The good news for you today is that you belong in the kingdom of God where there's joy and where there's peace. Hallelujah. And so in the name of Jesus, I declare it to be true over you. I declare it to be true over your families, over every person that you come in contact with. And Lord, we just commission these people in a fresh and a new way to go out into their world as ambassadors, as kingdom delegates, Father God, to bring the kingdom of God as you intended, just like you took, commissioned those apostles, Father. We thank you, Lord. And we shall come again rejoicing, seeing the fruit and bringing the fruit of what you have called us and sent us to do in Jesus' name. And while you remain on your feet, I want us to just all pray this prayer together because perhaps... There's somebody here this morning that has never entered into the kingdom of God, has never embraced Jesus, has never 
asked him to be the Lord of their life and their king. And so let's just pray this prayer together and swear our allegiance to Jesus Christ. Jesus, you are the King of Kings. Say it after me. Jesus, you are the King of Kings. And I come to you today and I swear allegiance to you to follow you all the days of my life, to be a born-again Christian and leave my past life behind. I am a child of God. I am a citizen of the kingdom. I am an heir of the kingdom of God. And I am a priest and a king unto God. I am born again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We praise you today. Now, if you pray that prayer, maybe for the first time in your life, we, we want to give a gift to you before you leave. We don't want to embarrass you. We're not going to accost you after the service or anything, but you have made the greatest decision that you could ever make in your life, and that is to come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And so with everybody's head bowed just for a moment longer, if you prayed that prayer a moment ago with us for the very first time, you've become a child of God. You've come into his kingdom. We would like to just acknowledge you and, and uh, give you a gift before you leave today. If you want to raise up your hand so we could see it quickly, we'll ask you to put it right down. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, glory to God. Take a seat, everybody. I hope you've been edified. I hope you've been exhorted. I hope you've, hope tank has been filled up. These are realities. Amen. Hey, we love you very much. We're going to be around all day to fellowship with you. And so we'll see you real soon. How many say I needed that little shaking today? Amen. Just to remember, amen. Remember all that Jesus has done for us. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for this word, and I just thank you to stir us up, Lord, to be victorious in you, Lord. We know, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, but we don't know when. So till that moment, we're going to keep on keeping on, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We always do this for our guest speakers. We always take a love offering. So if you need a love offering envelope, go ahead and raise your hand. If you would like to give by any other, other means, just put it in and we'll make sure it all goes to their ministry. Amen, Bob and Gail. This all goes into their ministry and it excites us for that. Amen. We have a... We are connected with them in a big way. I've known Bob for a long time and Gail, man... It keeps getting a longer time. <laughs> the years keep going by, but their heart of integrity is beyond words, and their passion to do what the Lord wants them to do is beyond words. Again, if you're interested in going to Cuba or Turkey, they will be here. They'll be here after church, of course, but if you're coming back for the picnic, just greet them. They'll be downstairs. They just love hanging out with people. Amen. So if you're making out a check or anything like that, make it out to CFFC. Everything and above will be going to their ministry. Amen. One more time, Bob is going to be here Friday for two sessions, plus a time of fellowship in our annual men's advance. It's this Friday, 923. Dinner, dessert, worship, games, sessions with Bob, food. $15 per person to cover the cost of the food. You can do that on your app. You can do it online, or you can go to the Welcome Center to do that. Brandy told me to make sure I say that the, all the new church uh, merchandise is in. We got new sweatshirts for the winter, things like that. People have been asking for them. They're on a table over by the cafe there. And if you would like some more ministry on Bob and Gail and their Dulos Global Ministry, these cards are at the Welcome Center. The thing I like about them is pray for us. And they have all the different prayers of what they are asking us to pray for them. So take one of these cards, put it in your prayer book, prayer, whatever way you pray, and lift them up. And it also has their social media places that you can connect with them. All right? So let's go ahead and pray over the offering today. Father, we thank you. I thank you for the ability to give, Lord. It's a blessing. This church has never been without 
because we've always been a church that gives, Lord. You have blessed us with this facility, Lord. You have blessed us to be part of the kingdom. So simple, Lord. And Lord, until that trumpet sounds, we are going to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord from the top of this, this building where we are, top of this hill, Lord, throughout this area that you have given to us. We will do it on social media. We will do it in any capacity that you give us, Lord. And I thank you for that privilege, Lord. Lord, as a church, we just want one thing when we get to heaven, one thing, to hear our Savior say, come on, church, well done, good and faithful servant. That's it, Lord. So we thank you as we give now. We give cheerfully, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and give unto the Lord. The picnic starts right after second service, so I would project right around 1230. What a beautiful day, amen. Man, the last few picnics we have had, we don't even need the tent, but the tent's nice for the shade, but it's been just beautiful, beautiful weather, so we're excited about that. If you have not signed up for the picnic, you can still do it. Just go online, take care of it there. I believe it's $5 a person, $15 for an entire family, whatever size it is. And it's all the games are coming in for the kids. And I hear there's a virtual roller coaster. I am not going on it, but adults are more than welcome to go on. Is that, you know, so go for it. Amen. My last roller coaster took me three days to get over that. I said, them days are over, I guess. I'll have to wait. Hopefully, it'll be uh, cool roller coasters on the new earth. Amen. Until then, uh, I'll watch you guys screaming, yell. Amen. All right. Let's pray as we wrap up the service. Father, we bless you and thank you again for your grace. Lord, we are, as every disciple, every apostle in the Word of God said so clearly, we are looking towards that day. Everywhere in the Bible, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. And we can see it with so much that's going on in our world. We can hardly understand what's what, how things could change so quick. But Lord, you haven't come yet. So that shows us the number of the Gentiles is not fulfilled yet. There are still people that don't know you. So we pray again for our neighbors, our family, people we work with, Lord, people that you can... I gave a word for you today, devotional, to a person where I walk. And he said, my wife, who's an agnostic, is reading it and, and really enjoying it. Little things that we can do, Lord, to just share your word. I pray that you'd give us wisdom, but more, that you give us passion for the lost and the unchurched, Lord. Because we were there once and somebody shared the gospel with us. I thank you for that. Now, Lord, I thank you for each and every person that's here, those online, your blessing upon them. And as we say each week, I thank you that you have made us the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath in all our ways and endeavors, that we are greatly blessed, highly and deeply loved. We are blessed to go be a blessing. Go be a blessing, church family. God bless you. See many of you later.